Hey, what's up, Warrior? Just Jeff here from Warrior Life, and welcome to podcast episode number 459. Yes, there really is a method for ending the suffering and symptoms of combat PTSD for our brave men and women who have sacrificed so much in defense of our country and our ideals. Better yet, the results from a breakthrough new method can erase symptoms that have plagued a veteran for decades, permanently, without drugs, and all in as little as just one hour. Sound impossible? It's not. And joining me for this week's show is the creator of this powerful new treatment protocol. And whether you are a veteran looking for help or someone who knows or loves a veteran that you've seen suffering, or even if you're just a patriotic citizen who truly wants to support our troops and make a real difference, this episode could literally change your life. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. During the Civil War, it was called Soldier's Heart. In World War I, it was shell shock. World War II, it was battle fatigue. And today, you and I know it as combat-related post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. Now, each year, about 600,000 veterans seek care for post-traumatic stress. Many haven't even sought treatment because they think it's useless or they don't want to subject themselves to the the bureaucracy of the Veterans Administration or pill-pushing counselors that sometimes plague the VA's limited support structure that's out there. Now, as a result of a failed mental health system, we still hear reports of anywhere from 17 to 22 veteran suicides every single day from the overwhelming effects of the trauma experienced in combat. But that's changing. Now, many of you have heard me talk about our 501c3 nonprofit, Operation Save Our Soldiers, where we sponsor soldiers to take part in a special weekend warrior retreat. And that's where veterans come to finally get the resolution that they need to put the effects of their PTS behind them and return to their families transformed and free from the anxiety, depression, panic attacks, dependency on prescription or recreational drugs, and sometimes suicidal thoughts. But here's the most amazing part. This transformation can happen in as little as one single one-hour visit with a a practitioner of a revolutionary new brain-based protocol called the Cortina Method, or TCM. Now, the Cortina Method itself is its kind of hard to describe without using the words miracle or magic. And I'll tell you, when I talk with my fellow veterans and others that are affected by PTS, like the veterans' families or other people to just support the military, at first they find it hard to believe that something that they've struggled with sometimes for decades and gone through the VA system, therapist after therapist after therapist, it's hard for them to believe that this could be virtually wiped clear in a single hour. And they look at me kind of like I'm crazy. But I've personally experienced it myself and have since become licensed as a TCM practitioner to continue to help my brothers and sisters in arms. Now, this month is PTSD Awareness Month. And to help bring more awareness to my fellow veterans and get more of those of you who support our military to lend a hand in changing lives, and in some cases, even saving lives, you're about to get an in-depth look at what's truly possible in the future of PTS, which is here right now. Hey there, Warrior. Jeff Anderson here, founder of Warrior Life. And with me today is the man who developed the Cortina Method, Michael Cortina. Mike, welcome to the program, man. 
Thanks for having me, Jeff. What a brilliant introduction. Really uh, love to hear the way you sort of laid that out historically right through the present day. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being, this is long overdue for sure. Um, and you and I have known each other for many years now, and we've gone through a lot of different iterations of just, like, it's been great to see this in its, um, I mean, I wouldn't call it its infancy because you've been doing this for so long, but to see how this has really progressed over time and the amazing effects of it. Um, I've talked about it a few times on my podcast. I talk a lot about with our with our email subscribers and, and our newsletters and other social media channels, but um, I figured why not just go to to the source here. So um, so listen, everybody, you've got you've heard me say talk about the Cortina method before, but Michael has a long history of practice as a psychotherapist with a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in social work. But frustrated with the minimal results from traditional therapy models, Mike knew that there had to be a better way to get real results for people that were seeking help. Now, in his quest to heal trauma and PTS, he studied several methods of healing, transformation, and change, eventually diving deeply into the sustainable effects of brain optimization to understand how the brain reacts to trauma, and more importantly, how to resolve that trauma to overcome its negative effects and live an optimal life. Now, the culmination of this ongoing work has been his development of the brain-based healing protocol, self-named as the Cortina Method. And today, Mike provides this healing modality full-time, along with providing the Cortina Method masterclasses and trainings throughout the country. Now, for more information on Mike and the Cortina Method, you can find him online at michaelcortina.com. Now, Michael, there's a, man, I, I think the best place to start with this is, you know, as I said in my introduction, there, PTS is not, uh, I'll, use the, I'll use the terminology PTSD, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit as well. But PTSD is not, is not something new. It, it wasn't invented with the, you know, with Afghanistan and post 9-11 conflict. It, it's been around, just been called by different names. And so I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot of people that don't understand what it is. It's almost like it's a new invention. I think even when we talk about like Vietnam veterans and the struggles that they've had coming back from Vietnam, it's oftentimes not really even just classified in the way that, P- like in, in PTSD. So I think over time, it's it's it almost seems like this is something new that's been developed, but I think that's one of the reasons why there's so much misunderstanding out there. So from your perspective, having dealt with or worked with um, other therapists, veterans, other victims of trauma, what what do you think that most civilians and I think especially soldiers in the context that we're talking about here, what do you think people don't understand about PTSD? Great question. Thank you for asking that. I, I would I would say that primarily, first and foremost, that it's curable, you know, that that PTSD can be resolved that people don't have to continue with this for any length of time. The other piece that I would add to this is not only can PTSD be resolved and have sustainable um, resolution to it, but that it's not required that anybody has to relive or re-experience any pain in the process of getting it resolved. That whole, notion has become quite antiquated 
And so there's a much more gentle, uplifting, light approach. And the last thing that comes to mind uh, as it relates to this, Jeff, is that it could be done efficiently, and to your point earlier, as little as a single visit. So this is a complete paradigm change in the whole arena of PTSD care and the whole mental health arena. And um, so sometimes it may raise some eyebrows like, holy smokes, I've never heard of this. And is this really possible? And I'm here to tell you, yes, it is. And we're seeing it and doing it every day. Yeah, Michael, we, we talk, um, I know when, like in our circle, right? We, we don't like that D on the end of PTSD, right? Um, because it labels it as a disorder, as a, um, as something's wrong with us. And I think when I talk with a lot of my fellow veterans, one of the things when, when we are talking about, about trauma, one of the things that I really relate to them in the differences of TCM and other methods is, is in how we look at it, not as a disorder. And I think that's one of the things that stands out for people is that it's always seen as this, this hugely negative thing. And, and what I, I think, I think the perspective of veterans having been in combat, we oftentimes see it after the fact and the negative effects that we, we deal with after the fact, after we get out of the, out, off the battlefield. Um, of course, those are, those are negative, but it has a positive aspect. Like there's a reason why we developed in our brains at, through evolution, just there's a reason why PTS even is there for us as a tool to help keep us alive. It keeps us alive on the battlefield. It has a way of making us wiser for the things that we're going to experience out there. It has a way of keeping us alive out there. The problem is in how the brain works, right? And this, this is going to go straight into where your, your research and your development has, has really shown a new, it's really shining a new light on this. But let's talk about that, that D right here, the disorder. I have a little bit of a different take on it, but I know even when we, when we're talking with veterans at the retreats and, and you're, you're performing the visits with them to, to do the brain based healing. What do you think really resonates with with people, whether they're veterans or people that support those who who are, are dealing with trauma about the disorder part of PTS and how the brain works? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really a matter of uh, demystifying it and understanding that, to your point earlier, while there may have been some survival value and protective function in the on the battlefield that's here now in present day removed from the battlefield that it's not so much serving the person so well in fact it's it's you know it could be pretty horrifying for people and 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 those closest to them who are experiencing it so understanding that really what the brain is doing is a let's just say it's perhaps a normal response to what was a very outside the realm of normal circumstances and events that the individual lived through. And so now that the individual is no longer in that scenario out on the battlefield, the way that the brain is processing and working is not 
to their highest advantage. And so while we can look at it at a brain-based perspective and say, well, this is normal, this makes some sense, it's not optimal. And it's certainly not productive. And it's causing a lot of horror for people. So getting it resolved makes great sense so that they can be free of that. Mike, one of the things I talked about in my introduction was about how different it is from what veterans are normally used to in seeing, getting help from for PTS. This has been the number one hurdle that I deal with in talking with my fellow veterans is that people who have been through the system, they've been through the VA, they've been, in, they've seen therapists, eventually get to the point where the arms are crossed and it's just like, look, I've, I've done it all. I'm on the pills. I've seen the therapist. All I've ever been able to just come to the conclusion of is that it's just something I have to manage every single day, that it's never going to go away. It's always going to be here exactly as it is. And all I can do is just learn to step out of the room if I have to, whatever, like it's whatever management techniques are there. So as you, as you say, like this is something you don't have to live with. You don't have to manage that. This is something that is literally curable, but it's, it's a hard thing for people to really get because they've, they've experienced things already that haven't led them to that resolution that they're looking for. So especially with you and your clinical practice and your journey in finding these tools that work so well, what have you seen as the traditional way that therapists have been working with veterans to help them overcome their PTS? And why hasn't it been as effective as it should have been or as people were hoping it would be for resolving trauma? Yeah. So I'll start with the, the, the latter, the second question there. So in terms of why it hasn't been as effective. So here's what I've seen play out time and time and time again through different systems that I've worked in. It'll be a conversation that goes like this. It'll be a staffing, a multidisciplinary staffing. What that means is that you have different people of different backgrounds. So you might have a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a therapist, maybe a case manager, maybe a peer mentor, there'll be a group, maybe a nurse, there'll be a multidisciplinary staffing. And the conversation goes something like this. Uh, you know, she's acting out. She has a lot of anxiety. She's experiencing panic attacks. She's having nightmares. Um, she's experiencing a lot of, um, you know, guilt and, and, she's even doing some sexually acting out what's going on and the answer comes back this the answer comes back well you know she was sexually abused from the ages of five through nine and then you know there was a sexual assault when she was 21 and everyone nods their head affirmatively and then the conversation carries forward now oh, and by the way what follows after that in these types of staff meetings is treatment recommendations so you're going to hear things like therapy, medications, and so forth. Now, here's where this became very eye-opening for me, Jeff, is when I realized where I have zero impact, <laughs> where something I just can't impact, and it's this. I realized that I have zero impact over an event that has already taken place, an event that has already transpired. What I have learned is how the brain processes things and, and how to update and optimize it for people's, for optimal effect. 
But if we think back on this, this, this multidisciplinary staffing, this clinical consultation, what they're talking about as the origin, as the source of the problem for the individual is the events. The sexual abuse at this age and the sexual assault, you know, the, the, the battle that took place where his battle buddy died, um, you know, where the IED went off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yet nobody can impact an event that has already taken place. So in terms of why hasn't the other stuff been more effective, it's because I would contend that the entire premise is built on a foundation of that which we have zero influence and zero control. Now, as far as what's being done out there, well, you have traditional talk therapy and this is where an individual comes in and they're going to talk about what's been going on and talk about what's been happening. And they might, they might feel a little bit better before they leave only to find that it returns only to find that it comes back. And I think what's happening there, think about repetition. You want to get really skilled at anything. You do lots of repetition. Michael Jordan is take 6,585 free throws in practice. He knows how to shoot a free throw, but there's a thing called muscle memory. So there's even um, a footage out there. It's, it's really interesting where he closes his eyes and he takes a shot. He makes the free throw. It's awesome to see. Uh, you want to get bigger biceps. You go into the gym and you do repetitions with the, with the weights, right? Well, what's happening in traditional talk therapy? Lots of repetition regarding the dis-ease. And so I think what's happening is it's actually strengthening the neural pathways of stuckness, things that cause people to feel stuck. And even if they might feel good in the moment, it doesn't resolve it and it comes back. So you're there, talking specifically like about um, like reliving the event, like going like the traditional therapy. I mean, some people, some listeners might have never even been to therapy before, but basically talking through your problems to the point where maybe talking about it, first of all, getting things off of your chest or just being able, just feeling better because you can talk to somebody and tell them something maybe that's troubling you. Like keeping it inside might be bottling it all up and you got to get it out. And people tell you, you got to talk to, people say that all the time, right? Like you have to talk to somebody. You got to go talk to somebody about this. So you go there and the traditional therapist is like, okay, let's talk. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? And it becomes this, um, like with increased exposure, it's supposed to lose its effect, right? Like I've talked about it ad nauseum. Now it's just a thing because I've talked through all my problems with it. I've resolved the, the emotion behind it. And I think that's, that's what a lot of the veterans are used to doing as well, is like coming in there and it's like talking about what happened to them out on the battlefield and things that have bothered them about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and what they find is it doesn't resolve it. You know, again, they might feel good in the moment, but you, you say, you know, um, that that thing that happened on the battlefield. Yeah, no, it still still haunts me. You brought up a very interesting point earlier uh, between, you know, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam and so forth as we move forward in time. You know, it, it was theorized at one point when they were coming out with um, when things were shifting into PTSD as we know it now that perhaps why there wasn't so much of it before was because technology. In other words, in 
go way back in time and the soldiers, our military, had to ride back together on ships to get stateside. And so they had this time to sort of decompress and talk about what happened, where technology advanced and now, boom, we're flying them back home. You're there one day, you know, you're in Germany the next day and you know, you're back home. How quickly it happens, right? Well, I would contend that that whole concept is absolute bunk. And you'll see this in the psychology books, what I just referenced under PTSD. And I think it's bunk. And the reason it's bunk is because of what we're talking about here. Our service members are getting plenty of time to talk and talk and talk about it in the traditional talk therapy models, and it isn't getting resolved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's also one of the big hindrances to be able to even come to one of our retreats is because they feel like they've tried it all. They don't want to talk about what happened out there. Like talking about, I mean, they've they've talked about it. They've they've come to realize that it doesn't change anything for most people, for most veterans. And so why go and talk about it some more? Like you're just giving me a different person to talk to, right? Um, but it is very different. And that's... I actually, I, I, you know, one of my favorite parts of our, of our of our retreats is how happy we are when the veterans arrive. And I always like one of the things in our final circle when after resolution, um, I, I got to try not to cry through this whole freaking interview. By the way, it's like every one of the things that people always leave in their in their comments are how how friendly we all are when they arrive, right? All of the practitioners, the TCM practitioners and the people who are helping out. We've got veterans from past, from past retreats that are there helping out. Like everybody, it's, it's one big family there. And they're always like, everybody here was so happy and cheerful. It's like, it's because we know where they're going to be in just a couple of days at the end of all the things that we have planned for them. Like we know we've seen this this resolution happen over and over and over again and to see where they're coming in and knowing 100% that they are not going to be in the same space in just another another day or two is um is a is a super rewarding uh thing for us um so that's like for so trying to explain to people how different it is is a very difficult thing to do um and especially even trying to avoid some of this, the same pitfalls that veterans are used to seeing. One of the things when I talk with veterans after the retreat is I always talk about them like, what are some of the things that that may have kept you from attending the retreat? Um, I like to know where their head was at kind of be, right before they came out. Because sometimes people, they cancel at the very end. Because And a lot of times when we look back and we find out why, it's because, well, you know, I just I I don't need another another you know failure to come through. I don't need another person to talk to. Again, sometimes it becomes these old patterns that pop in and say, "Don't even try. It's going to be it's going to get worse or whatever it might be." So, trying to get past those hurdles that people have and the and the stigmas that they have about quote unquote therapy um, is a big part of it. And what I like is that you've incorporated that into you know realizing that. You've created a an advanced modality that truly helps. And so why burden that with some of those same stigmas that other traditional therapies that veterans have had exposure to might have with them? And you've taken great care to avoid the typical therapist speak when you're working with veterans. So let's talk about that also, because I think any veterans that are listening, to, and we have a lot of veterans, and we have a lot of military contractors that listen to us. We have a lot of police and 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 firefighters that listen to our show also. 
And um, so I want to I want to kind of draw a little bit more on the differences there and how we've incorporated those into the retreats and you into the TCM method. What are some of those examples of the typical like therapist speak and things that veterans might be used to seeing that you do differently? And why is that? Yeah, that, that's a real, a couple came right to mind as, as you were saying that be- beautiful, uh, uh, and you touched on one of them earlier. So one of them is, um, so traditional therapists speak, you know, what do you think about that? And when you think about that, how does that make you feel? <laughs> You're, you are not going to hear that out of a TCM practitioner's mouth. Uh, won't hear it. The why, though, you're asking the why. The why behind it is this. There is a presupposition with that, and it's very subtle. And um, other than diving into a deep conversation like you and I are doing here now, uh, folks wouldn't even have the opportunity to understand this or hear about it. So I, I really thank you for that. The presupposition is this. When you think about that, how does that make you feel? The presupposition is that the thoughts are causing it. Now, what I've learned in working with people over time, first of all, when someone is experiencing extreme dis-ease, as in veterans who are struggling with PTSD, this is not driven by thoughts. I haven't met anybody who wakes up, does a somersault out of bed, jumps in the air, and says, today's the day. I'm going to try as hard as I possibly can, put my best foot forward, and I'm going to think and choose to feel as lousy as I can. So if they're not thinking, choosing, logic, thought, to feel lousy, how can they choose to not feel lousy? It means what's going on is a much deeper level of the brain, certainly not at the level of thought. If it were that simple, by the way, people would just say, I think I want to feel better, And now I choose to feel better and they'd be better. I wouldn't even have an industry to work in. Um, Another one that comes to mind is this whole notion of uh, trust. This whole notion of trust. And, you know, a veteran walks in and they've seen five other therapists before. They've done all the talking stuff. They've been prescribed 12, 15, 27 different medications. Um, people are just checking check boxes. I'm going to have to talk about all this stuff again. It's going to be painful, uh, which, which I hope I could say more about that in a minute, the difference with the painful piece. Um, and so, um, I, why do I trust this? Why would I trust this? I've tried it before and it didn't work. I don't trust these professionals and their, their ways and their styles and their modalities. And so some, not all, some might speak on that. And then what's going to happen is the therapist is going to spend the next months, <laughs> months and months and months trying to earn that veteran's trust and gain that trust. Well, I don't have time for that. People are hurting and I want them to feel better quicker. So I don't have months and months and months and months to try to develop trust with someone who's already a little bit leery in the trust area. So you're not going to hear that. I think, so what I'm going to say to that individual, I'm going to say, why the heck would you trust me? You just met me. I don't expect you to trust me. And I'm not going to try to earn your trust over the next eight months while you continue to be in horrific pain. How about this? Instead of trust, just listen to the words that I'm saying. 
you'll either agree with them or you won't agree with them. They'll either make sense or they won't make sense. So just kind of discern moment by moment what I'm saying, take it in, see if it resonates or not. But we're certainly not going to spend the next six months trying to develop trust here while you continue to have nightmares every night. I don't have time for that. I'm looking to heal them and get them on their way. So that's another sharp uh, departure. Those are a few of the things that come to mind. Yeah. Yeah. And just even I've never heard you use the word disease before. You've always said dis-ease when we're talking about these things. And um, I've done a few podcasts now, even with my own experiences and talked about the best analogy I think that I've I've heard that really, really did sum it up for me, too, was that. And the reason why I still keep the D and the PTS, it's like a D dash is what what I do. And it's like um, is that it's not a disorder. It's a disorder. Um it was, it was kind of related to me that, that our brains have a, like a, a recycle bin and a trash bin. And the traumatic memories are designed to stay inside of a recycle bin. They're meant to come back. They're meant to, in order to keep you alive, the trauma that you experienced has a way of anchoring into the brain so that the next time that you are under similar conditions where you almost lost your life, that you get a response, a physiological response from your body, brain, uh, adrenaline dump, with all the things that go with the things that were cemented in at the time of that of that trauma, they're meant to come back so that you get off your ass and do something, either kill that thing, run away from it, whatever, right? It's a very primal instinct that we have with that. Um, but our brains also have a, tr a trash bin. And really, when we're off the battlefield, those same sorts of of stimuli before maybe if somebody as an example was in a they were going through a town in a convoy and then there was all of a sudden there was traffic and they were stopped in traffic and then an IED went off and they lost their buddy or they got injured or or even if it was just the just the experience itself that they can experience things for no reason that they can even come up with, that they're in somehow in down in downtown Chicago, or they're just even in their little hometown and stopped at a light. And all of a sudden vehicles are pulled up alongside of them and suddenly they get anxious or have a panic attack and maybe not even know the reason why. One of the things that um, we, we find very common with veterans is that 4th of July fireworks, not a happy time, right? They Of course, we know that the fireworks our, it's not gunfire, but our, our like our, our brain doesn't necessarily even even though we we can discern that the physiological response can be something that's that's really contradictory to that. Um, so for me, this this experience, and I'll and I'll talk a little bit, a little bit. I think maybe a little bit later about like my what I personally like my aha moment during my own my own visit was that if we can take that trauma out of the recycle bin and put it into the trash bin, like we're not erasing it, we're just refiling it. It's just out of order. It's in the wrong bin. It's in the wrong file cabinet. And let's just put it in the right one. Um, and I think this is, a, this is a good space, like for veterans who are looking for an alternative approach to dealing with their symptoms of PTS, what is a TCM visit like? What makes it so much more effective? What should the veteran expect from the experience itself if they come in for a TCM visit? Yeah, the, what, what makes it so effective is that it is a brain-based healing methodology. So 
we are not thinking that the source of the dis-ease is the event. Again, anybody who's thinking the source of the dis-ease is the event, you have to ask yourself this question. What impact can you have on an event that is already taking place? And it's zero. It's none. However, what impact can we have on how the brain processes? Ah, well, now there we can do a whole lot to update, optimize, and get it working towards one's best advantage so that it's productive, desirable, and beneficial moving forward. So in terms of what makes it so effective, it's, it is a massive and sharp philosophical and theoretical departure from at, at the level of conceptualization, at, at how the whole thing is viewed. Um, you know, he's... He's experiencing a lot of distress because his battle buddy was killed when the IED went off. That's what 99% of the people are going to say out there. Not a TCM practitioner. They're going to say, you know, he's been experiencing dis-ease because of the way his brain has been processing the neural bits related to the event that isn't happening anymore. And it's a very sharp departure conceptually, which takes the intervention in a completely different direction. What one can expect, what a veteran can expect is, is uh, this. There's three things that overwhelmingly differentiate TCM from uh, really anything out there. It's the effectiveness, the efficiency, and the process. The effectiveness, we're seeing effectiveness rates of about 88 to 90%. Efficiency, to your point earlier, can happen in as little as a single visit. And the process, it's not a prerequisite, a requirement, or an expectation that anybody has to relive or re-experience any pain and the process of getting pain from prior events resolved. So it's much more gentle, uplifting, light. What it would look like? Well, it's very natural and holistic. There's certainly no medications. There's no electrodes. There's no light bars. There's no hookups. It's going to look like a conversation between two people, whereby the practitioner is actually going to do most of the talking. I mean, we'll need to hear from our guests in the beginning to get a good, clear sense of what there is to resolve. But at a certain point, that shifts, and it's going to be the practitioner who does 90% of the talking the remainder of the visit. A veteran can expect some movement, like physicality, actual movement, where we're going to get out of the chairs. <laughs> we're not going to just sit there. We're going to get out of the, the chairs and there'll be very intentional movements because one of the things that we know is that trauma can also be stored in the body physiologically. And so TCM really drills down with great um, detail to find where's the source, the root cause, the origin, whether it's causing a lot of anxiety, anger, agitation, fear, um, or, or, or it's in the body. There's just a tremendous amount of tension. So there'll be physicality, there'll be movements um, and then, uh, lastly, I think what the veteran can expect is that there'll be some experiences that can best be described as very, um, soothing, relaxing, um, a great sense of ease as, um, the process moves forward. So it's a very, it's an all natural talking experiential process whereby 
the end outcome is that the brain, the brain has been updated and optimized so that it's reprocessing the way that it's reading information, like you said, in the trash bin versus the recycle bin. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, in my own personal experience, and and I'm talking about without even really understanding the dynamics of trauma, really just remembering what happened to me or the things that that I took part in or whatever, like it, they were my memories. Um, and actually, I, I thought I had my shit buried pretty deep. And I think for a lot of veterans, it, and it was in my case also, like I didn't have any follow-up contact with veterans after the military. And so it had been a long time when I went to the first, the first time we did the retreat and just, it was being around other veterans. It was the vibe. It was the language. It was just the, there was something I never understood because I was a part of it. It was like, that was my daily life for, for 10 years. And so having been removed from that for so long, I didn't realize that that vibe, that energy just between soldiers was what really like kind of just uncovered everything for me almost in an instant. And it was, it was uh, something I hadn't experienced before and I thought had been, uh, had been pretty well removed when I saw a practitioner who was right there. It was like, there was somebody there to catch me, a, a fellow combat veteran who just took me aside. And in one hour, the memories that I originally had for the big, the biggest experiences that I had dealt with were extremely vivid, uh, full color. They were happening. It was like, I was all happening in the first person. Those were my memories of it without even having to think about how the memory was processed or thinking about it. Like it's first person. I just remembered it the way that I'd always remembered it. After this method, in being asked, okay, now look back at that same event, I, I wish I'd had a video of, of my face at that time because it blew me away. Like I, I was like, wait a minute. And it wasn't anything I noticed until somebody, until he asked me, now what, how does that look when you look at that event now? And it was just, I kind of shook my head and it was just like, well, what, what just happened? Because everything now was, it wasn't first person. The colors were very drab before they were like, it was vivid. I could, I mean, I could just see everything so vividly. And now everything was just kind of like a drab, almost like a canvas, like a, like an impressionistic canvas. It was still a memory. It's not like I had anything erased, but it wasn't happening in first person anymore. It was like I was watching a movie from far away that was just dull colored and had zero effect on on the the response that I was normally having. Like just uh, it, it just it didn't have that effect on me anymore. And I love seeing that now. I love seeing guys come out of and women, like men and men and women coming out of their first TCM visit and just seeing their faces and just like, like, holy shit, just what just happened there? Um, the stories are just, they're funny. Cause I mean, we love, we hear them all the time and it's just, they're funny when we finally get people to, um, when they experience that it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, 
there's a lot that, like I said, it's, it's really hard to describe to people like what happens during a visit outside of what you just said, because it is so different, which as you always say, right? Like if it's, it's good that it's different. If it wasn't different, you'd be getting the same results as you were getting with the stuff that, that isn't uh, unknown to you. So there, there's a lot of value, I think, in that. Um, Mike, there, you've also, you've really taken this out to other therapists too. Like you're on, a, I love this mission that you're on. You have helped so many veterans, so many other people who have dealt with trauma. And you're really on a mission now to, to get TCM out there in a big way to stop the pain that people think is just something that they have to live with or just manage the best they can and, and get past it all. Um, so I know that there are a lot of therapists that have also seen a lack of, of response to the therapy that they're, that they're using. And this is a great alternative method for them um, to help their clients achieve healing, getting past the trauma and the PTS, um, as well as other veterans that are out there who've been struggling or looking for help. So what programs are available for both of these groups, the, the therapists that are out there, as well as veterans and other victims of, of trauma that are out there? What programs are available for both of these groups and, and what can they do to take that next step in getting more information? Yeah, thank you for asking that because that's what it's about, right? It's about that impact and carrying it forward. Um, you know, it's funny when you say people come out of the visit and they're like, wait, what, what just happened? And, and, and as practitioners, we, um, we get called lots of interesting things. I, I was working on another veteran retreat for um, uh, an organization that brought TCM out there as a pilot. Uh, they, they were doing a different model and they heard about TCM and they said, let's pilot this and, and bring this here. And uh, the veterans there um, uh, ended up nicknaming me Dr. Strange. <laughs> From, they said, okay, Dr. Strange. And, you know, all kinds of really uh, funny things happen with that. Um, you know, by the way, there, they said they have never seen anything like this that usually the veterans are walking around depleted, wiped out, um, and that the staff, the practitioners, the therapists are only maybe a couple ticks higher than that. And it's because a lot of these other approaches, other approaches beyond traditional talk therapy, require people to relive and re-experience the pain. So it's very draining, it's very detrimental. They said at the, at the retreat where they brought TCM out there, they saw the veterans, you know, bebopping around, having good energy, messing with each other, you know, kind of what veterans do, and and uh, great energy in the team, the staff as well. It was, it was thrilling. So, yeah, um, where therapists can find out more about this, there's going to be a training actually coming up in July, July 21st through the 23rd. And a way to start to get more information about it is to go to my website, michaelcortina.com. Michael is spelled A-E-L, michaelcortina.com. And there's ways to contact me there. You could, you could fill out a form. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. These are all ways to reach out to me. And um, I could tell you more about the upcoming masterclass and training that's happening in July uh, moving forward. Veterans themselves, yes, we have a couple organizations now that are uh, using TCM to carry this mission forward. So one of them is in Florida, based out of uh, Sarasota, Operation Warrior Resolution. 
And where you could find out more about that is their website, OperationWarriorResolution.org. And there's another veterans organization in Massachusetts, Project New Hope. And, and they'll have uh, TCM. The inaugural uh, TCM retreat is happening there this fall and then moving into 2024. And that is Project New Hope M. M as in Mary, A, projectnewhopema.org. The MA stands for Massachusetts. So those are uh, a couple of resources, a couple of organizations that uh, for veterans exclusively that have TCM available for, for them. That's great. And for those of you that, I mean, many of you have heard me talk about like our own nonprofit. Um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, uh, Operation Save Our Soldiers. And the only organization that we support is Operation Warrior Resolution. And that's what we, the reason why we do that is because that this is really where the healing, like I've seen the healing happen is in, is in the retreat that we have down here in Florida. It's one of the reasons why I moved here to Florida was to be closer to where we are holding the retreats. And our nonprofit, um, I take care of all the personal expenses, like the administrative costs and everything like that, is all done out of my own personal pocketbook. And so 100% of the donations that come in to our organization, they're tax deductible. We are a registered 501c3. Um, and 100% of that donation goes to sponsoring veterans to come out to the retreat. I do go out to every retreat that I possibly can when the veterans are out here. We have had some of the veterans come through that have found out about the program through our podcast and through our videos and sometimes through our, our email newsletter. And if you are looking to make a donation and you want to sponsor a veteran to come out to one of the retreats, you can also go over to operationsaveoursoldiers.org and you'll find a donation button there. Again, 100% of your donation goes to sponsoring a veteran uh, to get the healing that they that they've been looking for for so long and are going back to their families. I mean, that's one of the things that have been, has been really like some of the most rewarding experiences is hearing from the families as well. Like, thanks for giving me my husband back. Thanks for giving my wife back. Like it's the, the veterans that come back change the soldiers that come back change from the battlefield and reintroduced back into a family that has largely been living without them while they've been over overseas. Like there are so many changes that happen there for the families to also have to deal with a different father or mother or husband or wife um, because that person has been changed in some ways to be able to re to be able to reconcile those relationships is one of the most rewarding things. And to be able to get those, those notes and calls and emails and everything from spouses and from kids. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Mike, thank you for what you're doing. I mean, that's, uh, you're saving lives, you're changing lives. And uh, it's, it's, so, it's so great to be a part of this, man. Oh, man, I, I thank you. It's, for me, it's an, it's an honor and it's a pleasure. It's an honor to serve those who've served us. And um, yeah, you're, you're, we're in it together. Uh, thank you for having me on this show because uh, by doing so, you're saving lives as well. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased and thrilled to, to partner with you, brother. Yeah, yeah, great. 
All right, listen, everybody, there's a, there's a lot of information here for you to be able to reach out and get help. If you are a veteran who is sick and tired of the effects of PTS and you're finally looking for something that will, will make a, a, a lasting change, an immediate change, something that will happen very quickly for you, and to get life back on track, then please reach out to one of our organizations. You can, I mean, we'll, we'll always get you to the right to the right spot. So even if you reach out to my organization through operationsaveoursoldiers.org, we'll still get you to the right spot. Or you can go to michaelcortina.com and uh, get information there, Operation Warrior Resolution, the sister uh, nonprofit that I also work with for the retreats. You can go there. We're, we're always going to get you to the right place for that. If you are somebody that's interested in including the Cortina method in part of your practice. If you are a licensed clinician or some sort of a therapist or whatever it it is, like it's, you have the ability to add this to how you help other people that are dealing with trauma out there. So please go ahead and, and do that. And if you are one of those people who just say that you support the troops, I often tell people it's easy to say you support the troops if you really want to support the troops outside of just the statement, then please open up your wallet because one of the things that I've talked about in the past is we all benefit from the sacrifices of our veterans. We all benefit. They're, they're our freedoms. They're our liberties. They're, they're our rights that have been defended by these brave soldiers out there. Well, when we come back, our problems are also the public's problems. There shouldn't just be the veteran's price to pay coming back from the battlefield. They're our depression. It's our anxiety. It is our lost families. It is our suicidal thoughts. We can't just take part in the benefits. It's about helping those who are paying the price right now. Not just out of the, it's not just the sacrifice out on the battlefield. It's the sacrifice that lasts decades and decades after the battlefield. That's where you can really make a difference. So please, any amount that you give, um, please go to operationsaveoursoldiers.org. Every single penny that you put in is going to change a life. And we like to give uh, videos back to everybody and let everyone see where exactly your money is going. So, so please go ahead and donate whatever you can. Even just $5 just makes a huge difference. So please go visit there as well. And until our next show, this is Jeff Anderson saying live like a warrior. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.